0: gonna come up and read the word so there's a microphone right there for you. please stay standing. So we're gonna be in John eleven. It'll be up here for you to read if you don't want it.
1: Hello?
0: <laughs> I'm not supposed to have
1: to but try it now. Hello All right. when Jesus arrived at Bethany He was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. John eleven, seventeen through twenty seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Eli. Hey, let's pray, and then we'll get rolling here. Man, that was such a good worship set. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for coming here. Lord, I just ask you would um, be here with us today as we open your word. I just ask that you would speak to us clearly, Lord, that your words would be spoken, uh, they wouldn't be my words, Lord. I just ask that your spirit would just flow through me and that I would be a conduit for your word and the message that you, you want to deliver today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn with me to John 11. John 11. You don't realize how dry your mouth can get until you have to speak in front of a hundred people or so, hundred and how many, well, it's, whew. Uh, so anyways, we're going through the, um, we're in the I Am series. As you can see, this is the display up here on the wall. Um, you can see that uh, uh, we've already done I Am the Bread of Life, which is the, the wreath thing on the bottom. I think it's sheaves of wheat. Did I say that right? I think I did. Uh, The light of the world, which is obviously the lamp that's up there. The door, there's a gate up there um, on the top. You can see that. Uh, I am the good shepherd, obviously the shepherd staff up there. And today, uh, we are going to be going through I am the resurrection and the life. And I am obviously not Pastor Doug. Okay. (laughs) This beautiful man got a day off, which is great. Uh, He needs it from time to time. Um, So, uh, I'm Josh, and I'm going to attempt today to train you to be able to teach the truth of God's word through the death and the resurrection of Lazarus. And this example, and this history lesson in John 11 that we get. And hopefully it will be in a fresh perspective, um, and it will be involving a stone, if it all goes right. So, turn with me to John 11. Uh, And we're going to start in verse 1, actually. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. (laughs) Thanks for the water. (laughs) Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold... He whom you love is sick. So, what's going on here? So, um, uh, Lazarus is sick, right? The Bible says that right there in the first couple verses there. Uh, And Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary, they send uh, a messenger out to Jesus, okay? Okay. they have to send a message because this is Bible times, and there's no social media updates, there's no telephones, there's no uh, Instagram updates or Facebook. I don't, I don't, no social media. Okay, I don't do social media, so young people, I'm sorry that I just butchered that. Uh, but there's not even telegraphs at this point because there's the, you know, they haven't really figured out that there's electricity in the world yet. So uh, I say all that to get to the point that a messenger had to go out from, from Bethany to a place called Bethabarba. Bethabarba, say it as fast as you can. If you don't know how to say something in the Bible, a word or a name, a city, say it as fast as you can, nobody will question it, okay? So just remember that when you're teaching your D groups. Um, but there was some time involved in, in this um, walk, this message, this run, this ride, whatever it was. There was... You know, this, this place was about 20 miles or so away from uh, Bethany where, where the sisters were. And Jesus was at, at this other B place. And, um, you know, so it was at least a one-day walk. Has anybody walked 20 miles in here? I have. I've walked 20 miles with a couple of you in here. And it takes a long time. Right? It's a day, it's a day, long, it's a day long walk. It just makes me tired thinking about it. Um, but there's time involved. A day. Okay, remember that, because that is going to be really important here coming up. So in verse 4, it says, But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer, in the place where he was at 2 days longer two two more days so if you love somebody like you love somebody it says that in here that Jesus loved Lazarus right he's sick they're sending a message the sisters are sending a message to Jesus like come heal him right like he's sick when you love somebody you want to you like if if this if you were Jesus you you would probably be running to that person right you drop everything you were gonna do and you would go heal that person you would go see that if your spouse or your brother or your sister or your friend whoever right now you hear somebody sick you you if you're a good person you want to go help them you know you you want to you want to be there for them right but Jesus waited two more days. Two more days. Why? Why does he do this? How often does God tell us we gotta wait? Slow your roll. Hold up, right? And we're like, no, Lord. Like we gotta do this now. And He's like, no wait, no wait. Why? Why does He make us do that? How often does He make us do that? You know, the realization that God's plan is better than our plan. Never comes in the waiting, does it? Oh, my goodness. It's like, why, Lord? Why? You know, when I look at this, this scripture right here, and I'm like, okay, well, if he's making Lazarus wait, the sisters wait, two more days, it's going to be good. Why? How? Well, let's keep going. Verse 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go... Let us go to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and we're going to go back there. Verse 9 Jesus answered, And there are not 12 hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the light, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. Okay, so if I was a disciple right now, I'd be like, What? What? Like, I, I, I'm, I'd be as confused as the disciples are right now. You know, I, if we were there, I'd be like, hey, hey, Doug, write this down. It's going to be good. We're going to figure it out later. It's probably going to go in a book, uh, the best-selling book of all time, but we'll figure it out later. Okay? Like, write it down. You know? And then Jesus goes on in 11, and he says, hey, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. More code. Oh my goodness, but I go so that I may awaken him out of his sleep. And the disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus was talking in more code. He's good at code talk. I mean, the Bible's full of it, right? Like people just don't understand. The disciples right here, they don't understand that. They're totally missing it. Um I'm fortunate. I know a little bit of code talk. You want to know why? Cuz I'm married. Okay? <laughs> I've been married 20 years and I know a little bit of code talk. And right? Amen. <laughs> and 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 guys in the room, you know what? We're, we do uh, we do some training here at CrossTrain, right? Like so I'm going to have a little fun with the training time right now. Pastor Doug just started sweating, but um, you know, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a bone here. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. So, do you ever feel like your wife talks in code? And if you're not married, just file this away for later, fellas. Um, they do, okay? They they talk code. Like you won't understand them. It, but you know, the coolest part about it, it's biblical because it's right here in the Bible. Jesus does it to the disciples, you know. And, and for instance, like. If you're sitting there, you're confused. He's like, what is he talking about? Like, your, your wife, okay, comes to you and says, hey, hun, what do you think of this shirt that I have on today? I found it at Kohl's for 50 cents on the clearance rack, right? This is the kind of shirt that has been marked down so many times that you can't even see the tag anymore because it's got all the different color stamps on it. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, they should have paid you to take that shirt away right? But that's not the correct answer, right? <laughs> you, you don't want to lie. You're a good Christian dude, or you're just a good dude, and you're like, I don't want to lie, and I really don't want to, I don't want to squash your effort in, in savvy shopping, you know, and saving, saving the family money. Um, there's really no good option here, right? So, so try this, Answer your your question with an answer. Well, hon, what do you what do you think of that shirt? <laughs> right? Because then it throws the ball back in their court, you know. And 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 ladies, it's okay it's okay that they just dodge the question. Okay, <laughs> throw your husband a bone and just ask him plainly. Because fellas. She really was thinking, you know, I I got this, it's been there for a long time. She saw the the stickers on it, and she's thinking, yeah, I'm not sure if this looks good on me or not, but she just wants to know your opinion, right? So ladies, it's okay, it's okay for you to answer plainly, because Jesus does. Jesus does here in a minute, and kids, I'm not going to forget about you, okay? You kids in here, here's a little training for you as well. Okay, when, your parents ask, when, you're, when you ask your parents a question and they answer with a question, typically they're trying to get something out of you, right? So, for instance, um, quick story, Marcus, you know, he's 15, he's my oldest son. You know, I taught him how to mow the lawn. He's mowing the lawn at the house, um, you know, finishes up, comes back into the house and he comes, you know, to come get me. And he's like, Dad, I want you to check my work. I want you to check my work. How does it look? You know, I walk out there with them, and we're looking at it, and I'm thinking, "Holy cow! There's a mohawk here. There's one there. there. Half the lawn's not weed whacked. Like it's going to take me hours to fix this." You know, and and I'm thinking, "How am I going to answer this, Lord? How am I?" Gonna? And then it, it hits me like question. Well, the question, son, what do you think of this? You know. So, kids, if your parents ask you that, they want you to really stop and think about what you are asking them. They want you to be smart enough. To, to be able to think through a problem. You know, and I think Jesus was doing that here in, the, in this uh, with the disciples. You know, in verse 14, he goes back here and it says, he says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. You know, kids, if your parents come out and they just say, Lazarus is dead or you're your mowing stinks, like do it again, just humbly take it and go mow the lawn again. But, but plainly, explaining something is okay. Verse 15, he goes on, he says, I am I am glad for your sake that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Therefore Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go, so that we may die with him. So Jesus came, and he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. We could talk about Thomas and his sarcasm here for a week. Um, I'm not going to, I'll leave that one for Pastor Doug someday because he'll he'll rightly divide that one much better than I will. But what I want to talk about is, is the timeline right here. So day one, the messenger comes to Jesus. That's when Lazarus actually died, day one. Okay. Day two, the messenger returns and Jesus waits. Okay, day four or day three, Jesus waits. Day four, Jesus goes to Bethany. Why do you think he waited? Four days. He knew that Lazarus was already dead by this point. Why do you think he waited? Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them. Concerning their brother, Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha Martha then said to Jesus, Lord... If you had been there my brother would have not died. He he now even now I know that whatever you ask of God God will give to you. So the right words were coming out of Martha's mouth at this point and she truly had no idea how great Jesus is at this point. She had no understanding of the words that were really coming out of her mouth. She she yeah, wow how often do we does this happen to us you know especially like when we come to know Jesus you know when we give our life to him we finally make that decision and we confess that he is lord we have no idea what he what we are really doing and what he's going to do through us and what glory what how much of his glory is going to shine through us but our god is so gracious because he he lets it go little, little bits at a time and He reveals as we grow, He reveals His glory to us and through us over and over and over again. Verse 23, Jesus replies to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to Him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me will live even if he dies and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into this world. All of this history in this story that we're reading right now, not story, this lesson that we're, we're reading in the Bible right now, had to happen so that Jesus could say this and make this announcement to To Mary and Martha and the Jews and the disciples and to us. He is the resurrection. Jesus is the only way to escape true death. You know, death, we think of death in in the terms of my body's going to die and I'm going to go get buried somewhere, you know, and I'll never come back. It's over. But it's not. This is just a small part of eternity. Okay? Okay? And the only way that we will escape true separation from God, which is true death, is through Jesus Christ. He is the only way that you can be resurrected from death. Have you made that decision? Have you guys made that decision today? I know a lot of you. I know a lot of you have, but I don't know a lot of you. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This would imply that the Spirit is moving on you to confess that He is Jesus, that He is Lord. You know, I'm saying that right now because I believe it. Jesus is Lord. He's the Lord of my life. I hope He's the Lord of your life. But if you're sitting in this chair right, in your chair right now, and you can't even think those words... You can't think the words, Jesus is Lord, and mean that in your own heart and mind. You're in a dangerous place. You are in a dangerous place. And I am going to beg you right now to think about that. And make that change. Confess right now in your mind that He is Lord. You know what? I wouldn't be a good cross-train coach. That's what I get to be today, the coach. Um, if I wasn't going to give you the opportunity right now in your seat to, to go to the Lord and to confess to Him that He is Lord. Okay? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. And if you've already done this, I'm going to ask the rest of you to be praying for those people or that person in this room right now that needs to come to Jesus. Okay? It's not hard. It's a matter of you just sitting there telling Jesus you know who he is. You want to be saved. Thank him for going to the cross for you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you 30 seconds right now. You know what? If you just prayed that prayer, it was the best decision you could make all in all of eternity. Mm -hmm. By far, one hundred percent. And um, you know, Martha believed that. She said it right here in verse um twenty-seven. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Even he who comes into the world, she believed it. If 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 you if you stopped and you said that, you prayed, you asked God, you know, you confessed that to the Lord, you might be thinking, man, that was anticlimactic. Anti-clim- what next? You know, later we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have an opportunity where you can go pray with somebody or talk to somebody next to you about what you did. And I and I and I. Just, I'm asking you right now, just talk to somebody about it, because that's it the best thing. Or come see me, because you know what? God's been putting that on, on my heart all week um, to give you that opportunity right now. <laughs> and I'd love to see who that was for. So, verse 28, when she said, when she said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up and quickly Was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in a place where Martha met it was still in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were with her in her house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would My brother would not have died. And when when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled, and said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man... Who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus began, or being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Look, there was a big stone. Okay, this is a cave where they put people who died. It's a tomb. There's a big stone. I don't know if you guys have ever moved any stones. I've moved some stones. Little stones are heavy, right? I can't imagine a big stone, like a big stone covering the mouth of a cave. Okay, that took some work. It was heavy Okay, And it was probably sealed, because if you've ever experienced anything that's died and it's decomposing, it's, I mean, I can smell it right now. That was terrible. Like, it just is, is, it's gross. I mean, it's death, right? Death is never good. Um, but this stone was giant, and it was heavy. You know, heavy stone, hard work, right? Hard work, got to push this heavy stone out of the way. Jesus was asking them to do heavy, heavy work. And you know what's what's so cool about that? Can you turn this down a little bit, JT? Um, This hard work, doing this hard work. Doing the hard work sometimes and most of the time equals seeing the glory of God. The glory of God, he will work through you through that hard work. He's going to shine. You're going to see his glory, and people all around you are going to see the glory that God, the glory of God because of you in what, you, in what you're doing. Um, if you want to see the glory of God, do a shoebox drive and set a big goal of 200 and look and see 247 or whatever it was come through. That was huge. If you want to see the glory of God, clear your busy schedule. Go feed some homeless people. If you want to see the glory of God, go to Mexico on a missions trip and build a house or feed people or just pray with people or tell people about Jesus. Look, if you want to see the glory of God, it's going to sound weird. Go clean some toilets after church. Ask the Simpsons. Faithfully, every week they're here doing stuff. You don't have to do big things. You could come here and push chairs in after service. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to get up here and preach for 45 minutes or start a group or you lead a D group. You could just mentor someone. Or you could be mentored by someone. Ask somebody to mentor you. Like These are all things that you could do. But if you're a CCP, a couch a Christian couch potato, you're not, you're not gonna see the glory of God as much as you could if you're out doing the work. Amen. Get busy. Look, one thing that really gets under my skin is when I love to recruit people. You can ask, you can ask people. Around me, Like, I'm always recruiting. Like, I meet somebody, I'm like, hey, how are you? My name is Josh. You want to, like, join the worship team? You know, drive Sean nuts. Like, um, or, you know, I'm like, hey, go talk to Sean Simpson. He'll get you on the clean team today. You could start right now, actually. You know, like, but, but how often as Christians, when we do that, do we hear, I'm going to pray about it? And I'm not saying praying is bad, right? Praying is good. You want to ask God. You want, you want to have his guidance and his, you know, permission or whatever. You, you know, you want to be on the same page as the Lord. But, you know, the second week when I see them and I ask them, hey, what, what do you think? They're like, oh, I'm praying about it. Or a year later, oh, I'm still praying about it. I'm like, you know what? Get off the couch and go do something. It's so annoying. And, you know, like... But really, it's become the lame Christian phrase. I'm going to pray about this. And then never do anything about it. Don't stop praying. I don't want to say that. Stop praying. But stop procrastinating. Stop being lazy. You know, these people in this story had a heavy stone to move. And they moved it. A couple years ago Jolene and I had the opportunity to God burned an opportunity on my heart and I brought it to Jolene because we we're supposed to talk about everything because we're married <laughs> so um, we did and, and it, was, it was one of those conversations like I'm like oh, how's this, this going to go like hey babe what do you think about starting a young adults group and she's like oh I think that would be fantastic and I'm like really and I'm, she's like yeah where are we going to do it I'm like in our living room and she's like, "Oh, amazing, you know." And we did it two years ago. We started a group of young adults from 18 to 27 to 30, somewhere in there. It's like 20s. Okay, people in their 20s can come and hang out with us. And it's on Monday nights. It's um, hard. Mondays is my hardest day at work. So I come home tired, and now I have to be full of energy and hang out with a bunch of 20-somethings. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's amazing. I love it. It's, it's, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about it now. But it's hard work. It's a heavy stone in my life. But you know what? It's worth it. Because I see, I see them sprinkled throughout here. You know, we didn't start it with Cornerstone. We started inviting everyone that we knew that hit this age group to come and hang out. And now Cornerstone, a lot of these young men and women here, they hang out with us. But there's also people outside of Cornerstone, in the big Sea that are part of this group. You know, and, and to me, that's seeing the glory of God. You know, we're, we're a body of 120 to 150 people, and typically there's 20 young adults here. That's awesome to me. It's like... That's the glory sitting right at that table right there and right here. You know, it's, it's, and wherever else you guys are. Yeah, Moe, sorry, buddy, you're a little old now. (laughs) But you know what? That was a hard, that was hard work. That was a heavy stone. That was a stone that I had to move and listening to God, you know, I would not have got to experience his glory in that if I wouldn't have listened. What, what stone is he asking you to move in your life? Was it a stone of, of unrepentance today? And a stone of unbelief that hopefully you moved? Or is it a stone of laziness or just not doing something that God has been telling you and reminding you over and over again? Get to work. Get busy. Because I'll let you in on a little secret. It's a whole lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun working with God. Amen. It never gets old. It only gets old when it's you're doing it in your power and not his. His glory is amazing. But if 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 I would have been disobedient in that, I don't know where I don't know where I'd be today. I'm sure God would have used somebody else to start that group and we would see these amazing young men and women in this church. But I get the opportunity to see them and be part of their lives, which is so cool. You know, back in the story, like if these people wouldn't have moved that stone away from the mouth of the cave, God could have like brought an angel down and tossed it, right? Like he did that when Jesus was resurrected but he didn't want to. He wanted these people to join in in this and to see the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ and what he was going to do right here, right now. Verse 41, so they moved the stone. Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you always hear me, but because of the people standing around me, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And the man who died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around him, around him with a cloth. And Jesus said, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came with Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some, some went to the Pharisees and told them the things which he had done. Wow. Like, that story never gets old to me. On a side note, how disappointed do you think Lazarus was? Like, he was hanging out with Jesus, or not Jesus, with God in heaven, and four days. Like, he's just getting comfortable, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, this is awesome. And this is white this is space theology. This is not in the Bible. Um, but, you know, I can't imagine if that was me and God came to me and said, hey, man, you got to go back. I'd be like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. No way. He's like, Yeah, you're, you're, my glory is going to be on display for everyone, and I'm going to use you for all of history to see it. And he did. And he did. And Jesus brought this man back from the dead after four days. Four days. Things really smell after four days of death. And they didn't hear. Look, what is your stone? What is the stone in your life? What needs to be resurrected? What is dead? What have you forgotten about that the Holy Spirit has put on you? You're thinking of it right now. Like I'm sure the Holy Spirit is reminding you right now of that thing you need to do, that way that you need to participate with Him to see His glory. Look, are you going to go home after church today? Watch some football? hang out, get back into your daily swing of life and forget about today and what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart right now or are you going to go make a change? It's okay if you want to watch the Cardinals beat up on the poopox I get it. Like, I get it. I'll be right there with you. But after that, what are you going to do? How are you going to change? What steps are you going to take? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to talk to? You know, on your drive home today, there should be a, yeah, there's a thing up. I want you to talk to the person next to you. If, like whoever you came with. I want you to talk. I want you to ask the person next to you, what stone is the Lord asking me to move in? So that I can see his glory. And how am I going to accomplish this in my life? If you drove by yourself, call someone and ask them. See, this weird dude was preaching today and he told me I have to ask you this. So, you know what, there's some accountability in that. If that person next to you can hold you accountable with an idea, there's a whole lot of ideas brewing in this room right now. I promise you. And if most of you guys, most of us, if we can do something with those ideas, imagine how that's going to change this city, this world. Start with the small things. Pick up the little stones. He'll start moving you towards the big ones. You know, we're, we're going to have... Um, communion time here in a minute so if you're doing communion you can can go get your stuff but Jesus knew what was going to happen when they moved that stone Jesus spent his life rolling a huge stone a bigger stone than any of us will ever have to face okay And, and as we're doing communion in groups today we're gonna, they're gonna, groups are going to be sprinkled around here. Um, we're going to be remembering what Jesus did for us. He gave us his life. His whole life was a ministry so that, so that we could see how amazing God is. So that he could bridge the gap between death and life. He gave his body. He gave his blood. He covered us with his blood, our sin with his blood so that we could live eternal life with him. There's also going to be another couple probably in the back there that will be there ready for, um, available for prayer. So if you need prayer, go back there. I know we spent an awesome 30 or 40 minutes in the beginning praying. But you know what? If you were one of those people that gave your life to the Lord, I would encourage you to go find that couple back there so that they can talk with you and pray with you. I think, do, who, who is? Hey, Pastor Doug will be back there. So if he intimidates you, you can come see me afterwards. But he's like he is a teddy bear. So, um, you know, I'm going to give you a stone right now. Those of you that are husbands and dads, I'm going to give you the opportunity today to lead your family or your spouse in communion. If you don't know what that means or how to do that, the the people that are in the back here holding the trays, they'll help you. They'll give you the words. But I would encourage you to lead communion with your wife, with your kids today. Pick up that little stone. Start now. So that tonight, when you're tucking them into bed, your kid's in the bed, or your wife, you're you're getting ready to go to sleep, you can pick up another stone and pray pray with them if you don't do that regularly. Start with the small things. And then you'll find yourself moving huge stones. get to work it's awesome let's pray father thank you for today thank you for your word thank you for the um the example of what it means to move stones and to see your glory lord i just ask that you would move on hearts now that you would move on hearts tonight tomorrow through the week, for the rest of our lives, Lord, I just ask that your spirit would push us into doing the big things, into moving the stones that need to be moved so that we can see your glory. Father, give us this energy, this, the wisdom, the endurance, the, just the craziness of ex- you know, ex- crazy excitement to want to do those things. Lord, you're an awesome God. Thank you for going to the cross for us. Thank you for covering me and all of these people that have confessed you are Jesus, Lord of all. Thank you for covering us with your blood. Thank you for bridging the gap. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.